0: And welcome back to the Music Education Technology Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast meant to help music teachers understand the world of technology and how it can impact their teaching. And uh, we have two hosts of this show. It's myself, Chris Russell. I'm in teaching in Minnesota and live in Wisconsin. And our co-host is Paul Schimmins. And Paul, why don't you say hi to everybody?
1: Good afternoon. Well, it's afternoon here right now, but where I'm coming to you guys from Michigan and um, excited to... Have this podcast. We uh we had Newsdick guys with us this time. That was exciting discussion that you get to hear at the end of this.
0: Yeah, we had Raphael Schumann, who's the CEO of Newsdick. Newsdick is a small company in Paris that is writing a new, um, relatively new program that allows you not only to use music as pdf files but also to use music xml files and it does a whole bunch of things with that so it was really great to talk to him and the vision of their company and to see where they were going
1: and what are we going to talk about here today oh the the big news dorico
0: yeah dorico um just sent an email yesterday announcing that they're going to allow people to do a 30-day free trial of the software which i believe echoes what finale does and i'm not sure what sibelius does
1: same thing, I think. Well, it used to be 30 days.
0: So it gives you a chance to try it and see what it's like versus just throwing down, I think, I think it's still a $299 cross-grade price, although that could have changed since they introduced it.
1: I'm trying to look it up right now. I haven't checked the price of it.
0: So again, it gives you a chance to see Dorico and its uh, four or five different special features where they just focus on, on helping people write clean music. And Dorico just recently also had a an update to version 1.0.10 or something like that that added a few more features that people were looking for, and Dorico just promises to keep releasing updates as the day goes as the days go on.
1: And it's one sixty for cross grade. Is it really? Yep, one sixty.
0: Oh, I thought it was more than that.
1: So that's, I mean, what's Notion at? That's like Notion's one fifty. is Yeah, it? I
0: thought I thought Dorico was like two ninety nine for owners of Finale or Sibelius. I Wonder
1: if they changed that? Because I was thinking it was more than that too.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: That's oh wait. Well, and this is for education people. Now let's see. Retail, cross grade. Oh yeah, there it is. Cross grade from Sibelius finale or Notion for normal people is uh 280, 279. And then for education people, it's one fifty nine. So that's nice.
0: I'll have to check that out about the education piece. That changes the game a little bit for for I know you and I because we can we're obviously educators. So, yeah. F- okay.
1: I wonder if that's for uh, like, like students too.
0: I imagine. I imagine that is.
1: I bet you. Huh, we'll, we'll have cool. to get a hold of those guys and ask.
0: Yeah, I suppose we could ask them to come. I don't know if Daniel Spreadbury would ever be interested in coming on or not, but we could certainly ask. Um. You just put
1: out a thing about Finale, too, on your webs- on your blog. What was that?
0: Well, just yesterday, and, and yesterday only. So we are on, well, actually, Monday. So we're on Wednesday after Thanksgiving, and we're, we're November 30th, and we're recording this, and the interview with Music was on the 29th on Tuesday. But on Monday, the cyber deal of Make Music was an upgrade price of Finale of $99 versus their normal, I think it's 149 um, upgrade, and it was just, it's that time that if you hadn't upgraded, it might be time to do so. And once again, the the biggest change in Finale, other than being able to write instruments in a transposed score, which is kind of a new feature, um, is just everything under the hood has been updated to 64-bit architecture, um, which... Incidentally, then knocked my Windows computer from being able to use it because it was only a 32 bit computer. But basically, then it updates Finale so that it is ready for the next 10 years of life uh, with a whole new engine under the hood. Even though it runs exactly the same, the car works the same as it always has, just has a brand new engine that's going to last a lot longer.
1: Yeah. And so that Finale deal is no longer available then. Yeah, I
0: don't think it's available. And, And Paul, you had a whole list on your website of, I don't know, what, 50 different apps that had Black Friday sales?
1: Yeah, oh, it was, it's awesome. And, you know, this is the time of the year. Every year, Black Friday, they go on sale. Um, I'd suggest that people take a look at sales coming up for Christmas time because a bunch of them will go on sale again then. And it's just, like, the the time to save some money and uh, grab some of those apps that you've been looking at.
0: How do you find all those apps? Do they contact you or do you just happen to find websites where they're listed? Um,
1: for, I, you know, musicians using iPads, there's a couple of different websites that are out there, but I just like using them. So yeah, I go looking for them and talk to a lot of people and, um, I don't even want to guess how much money I've spent on music apps. We won't talk about that, (laughs) but that, and that's when they're on sale too.
0: Have you ever gone into your history of your iPad and just see how many apps you've downloaded over the years?
1: Um, No, (laughs) no. No.
0: I'll have to do that at some point. You know, it's one thing to look at all the apps that are on your devices. We were talking about that one day, right? About how much space we've taken up. Yeah. But the the purchase history is something else. And then a lot of those apps don't even exist anymore. Um, Right. In fact, that's the other thing I wrote about the other day was um, I was getting a message from a couple apps that were saying, uh, contact the developer because this app may cause... Uh, iOS tend to slow down. So there's a lot of apps that haven't been updated. And one of those was even the uh, Tonal Energy Tuner hasn't been updated. So I contacted them afterwards and said, hey, are you guys going to do something? And they're like, oh yeah, we've got a big update coming soon. And have you noticed any issues with that? Because I've
1: gotten that notice a couple of times. I
0: haven't seen any notice, but it just, it's enough to make you think, "Uh uh-oh. And I heard that Apple was clearing out the App Store of a bunch of dead apps too. I, I had read something like, uh, 23% of the games have been cleared out that have just not been updated for years. So yep. kind of, a and, and, and really what I used to tell people is that if an app hasn't been updated since the last version of the iOS came out and it's, you know, this time of year, might have to start looking for a different app. So that's kind of interesting thought.
1: I know it's hard to keep track of what's current and what's not. You know, and that was something too, we haven't talked about that, but like when I get a new device... I never um, use the backups to restore from my old iPad or whatever. I just start fresh, and I figure, you know what? I've got so many apps I've tried through the years that I'm sure there's just junk on here. And so as I use an app, I'll download it again, and... That way I know what's on my new devices I'm actually using.
0: Okay, I, I just download everything and, and let it go. But that, I mean, that's something you talked about with Music too. And that's, that'll be in the second half is that um, you'd been playing around with it and stuff that you had stored in Music's cloud just automatically downloaded to um, your iPad when you hadn't done anything. It was just there with Music's cloud feature.
1: Yeah, oh, it was nice because I had to grab my school iPad yesterday when we were doing that interview and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to download a few things. But no, everything that was on my regular iPad, I signed in with my account under that school one for music, and it was just there. It was it was very nice because I've done that before, like with Fourscore and, and some of those things, and you have to bring all that stuff back in.
0: That's one of my complaints, actually, about Fourscore. I have very few complaints about Fourscore. But I was trying to help a small music publisher um, in Wisconsin – tried to find a more economical way to bring their music library to conferences and my suggestion to them was that they buy a couple ipad pros and use fourscore and put all their scores in fourscore along with their audio files and, and link the audio files so people could hear the score and watch it at the same time but there was no way for that person to transfer the music library with the binded audio files from one device to another They could copy over the music but they couldn't copy over the audio files and the audio files were in and that was a problem and and i think there's a benefit to that so i'm hoping fourscore and version 11 will will address that and i haven't tried to do that with unreal book but i oh by the way in in that most recent update of of fourscore my ipad wouldn't update fourscore every time i tried to update it it crashed so i was playing some stuff on my ukulele And I just opened up Unreal Book and then was just working with Unreal Book. So, again, we're so lucky and so fortunate to have a number of programs. So, like, Fourscore, Unreal Book, and, of course, now we're talking music in the second half of this episode.
1: And it's important that we have a couple of those apps on your iPads because it is technology. And, you know, I've never had one of my iPads fail me at a performance time but I've always had that fear of what if I get up there on stage and four score on real book doesn't open, you know, what's my backup. So I always go with two full sets of apps all ready to go.
0: Yeah. I've been, I've been a little more brave with that. I typically have just one that I'm using at the time. And, um, actually as of late, I've actually been using, uh, some printed music that I, cause I made my own arrangements for the songs we are singing this fall. And, um, uh, I'm I'm just using printed music because my eyes are getting weak enough that the 9.7 iPad screen is not working for me the way that it used to, so I need I need to eventually update to the 12.9 inch uh, because of bad eyesight.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you what that 12.9 inch should just be a one of those tools that the school districts hand to a music teacher. It's just so nice to have that, and it works, and it's the right size. Schools should just be mandated.
0: (laughs) I just, I I love it. And when I was uh, speaking on Iowa a couple weekends ago, one of the music educators had their iPad Pro that they had bought at the beginning of the year and their iPad Pencil, or just their pencil, not iPad Pencil, just their pencil, and they were just gushing about how much they loved that device and the pencil all in one with Fourscore. So, you know, kind of fun stuff. Grading apps? Yeah, we're going to talk about, well, grading apps are just dealing with classroom management apps, I think you were going to talk about.
1: Yep, classroom management, collecting student work. I know I'm one week into my new marking period, so I just had to go through all last semester's work with grading it and collecting it and um, trying to put all that into my school grade book. And just, you know, my school, the school grade book we use here is just a numbers-based um, gradebook, you know, it's the traditional thing. And so I'm trying to find other apps and ways to collect my fine arts students' work where I can give them feedback, even though we're not one-to-one, um, but where I can give them feedback still, and they can maybe even use their own devices to turn things in. And we're trying to use NoteFlight as well, And uh, so I've been messing around with um, Google Classroom and Seesaw. And I know one of my problems with Google Classroom is giving kids uh, comments back and trying to look at their work. We're like in and out of the Google Classroom setting. They want you to go use a Google Docs or, you know, some other like a PDF. And every time you open up, like a kid sends me a PDF – I can't write on it and I can't even type in comments about it. And then for a while I couldn't even figure out, okay, in that assignment, I can give a comment, but like I had to scroll all the way to the bottom of the screen to find the comment section. It's, it's a bug or something that they need to fix with that. Um, so Google classroom has been interesting. It's not the ideal situation though. And G- Chris, have you tried using Google classroom at
0: all? We, used we Google Classroom, the first year when it came out and just gave it a shot, and I know it's changed a bit since that point, but the main problem for me was that, like you mentioned, everything, you turn in stuff in Google Classroom, but when you go to correct it, you have to take it out of there. And we're an iPad 1-to-1 school, so that means opening it up in another app, and then grading it in that app, and then exporting it back out to Google Classroom if you want to give it back to the student, um, it was just a lot of opening and messing around and and not an easy workflow. And I know for teachers that have had no workflow, Google Classroom is a, is a huge update. But it didn't work well uh, for us. And I know they've added some things. And in fact, at the very, very beginning, they had an open chat. So students would just write inappropriate things in that, that chat flow um, or just dumb things. They would just write. And... You ended up spending time cleaning up the flow of everything. And they've changed all that since then. But Google Classroom was not it, yeah.
1: Did they even have grades when you were using it?
0: They did have grades. Um, That was one of the early features, I think. Might have been revision one or two, but they they did have grades. You could post grades there. But just the whole mess of the the workflow wasn't easy. So at some point, um, uh, Larry Peterson and his wife uh, came down and visited to see our one-to-one and their school district went Shobi and we've talked about Shobi now for a couple years and Shoby actually just recently opened itself up a lot more on its web based platform too. You can do a lot of things with Shobi that you couldn't do on the web now including audio recordings and some other things. But um, Shobi, the cool part about Shobi is that I can have students turn things in and I can stay in that workflow so i don't have to leave showbie to do something and in fact i can have two ipads open since i have multiple ipads and i can have one with for example like i I had a a playing test where i had you students play a c and an f chord and then uh, rotate between those chords and if they wanted to get a certain grade they'd they'd achieve certain goals and to get an a they had to make like a youtube you know tutorial it didn't have to go on youtube but they had to make like a full-blown what you'd put on youtube and I only had a handful of kids that went to that full level. Most were went for a B, which was just showing full capacity with the chords, and a couple got Cs, and a number of kids didn't do anything, which is pretty standard. But they could upload their video right to Showbiz, and then I could open Showbiz, and then also have my rubric that I created open on the next page. And I could just circle what they had done, and then with Showbie, put in their grade, and then later bring Shoby over with that fast, because you can switch fast between students and Showbie. There's a quick student switcher, and I love that. I also love it for audio recordings when I do assessments uh, of a song. I have them record right in class. They hold their iPads up. They could do that with a phone. They could do that with a Chromebook. Um, Recording themselves right in class, and then I just go and play it back. Now, there are some limitations with Shobi if you don't have the free version. There's not all the colors. Uh, I have a friend that uh, teaches math in summer school, and my students, because they're my students, have access to all the pens, even if they're with another teacher in Shobi. And uh, so this teacher was using Shobi, and his students and the other students in the district that were using shobi only had the standard colors but my students had the entire plethora of colors that they offer i've got an announcement in the back of me right now so um anyway so shoby has been very very good for me and i i love it as a tool um, it costs i don't know i think i got two years for 120 dollars with a christmas sale last year and uh, i would do that again in a minute it's been a very 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 good tool now our school also uses Schoology, and we use the free version of Schoology. Why spend money, I guess, is the philosophy. But um, there's a lot of things that we can't do without the paid version. Um, For example, audio recordings in app, we can't do. But Schoology can't do the thing where students can write on a PDF and I can write on a PDF. Schoology only allows the teacher to write on the PDF. But um, with 400 students, every day I have a bell ringer question that's connected to our sight reading method. And I've reworked those questions so that they can be done in multiple choice or matching or short answer or true and false. And every day students complete those when they walk in class and Schoology auto-corrects those. So then I would I do is I just take the scores at the end of the day and I just stick them right in the grade book and I stay on top of those. When I used to try to correct those written questions by hand and have students write them, I just couldn't keep up. And now with nearly 400 students, I really couldn't keep up. So... So anyhow, so the Schoology platform is working well for us. And in our district um, or in our school, we require all the teachers to list all assignments in Schoology along with any paperwork. And then we put grades into our gradebook, which is an online gradebook or grading system called Infinite Campus. And then I am allowed, as well as any other teacher, to use um, Showbe as well, um, as long as the schoology assignment says you have to do it on showbiz because otherwise parents get confused so um the showbiz and schoology thing works better for me and i typically stay away from all those google solutions they just don't work for me
1: google oh yeah google classroom yep yep, gotcha the one of the things that i tried using google classroom because of was we are not a one-to-one school here And so a lot of my high school students have their own device, but they're not all iOS. A lot of them have an Android or they're using a computer at home. And so I thought, well, maybe Google Classroom will uh, allow us to do what we need. And I think it's better than not using it, you know, Um, it, it. it helps me keep track of students work it's easy for me to collect it it's easy for us to track it over the marking period and such but like the grade book and such in in class in google classroom doesn't quite do it um i've been using seesaw
0: yeah yeah tell us more about seesaw i've i've seen a lot of music teachers are using that lately
1: i have three well three or four ipads that we have that students have access to in the classroom so all my 5th 6th 7th 8th graders are using seesaw and so they'll do paperwork like a uh, a composition, they'll write it out, you know, paper and pencil, just like traditional. But then they'll come up, and it takes them like uh, thirty seconds, maybe, to come up, take a picture, and turn it in to their our classroom account for Seesaw, and then that sends it to my iPad, which I can connect with my iPad or my laptop, either one. But then I can do the same sort of thing that, that you do with Shobby is it has pencils and, you know, colors and stuff and you can call uh, draw on it and ask the kids questions. And it, it even allows me to make a video so I can talk to the kids as I draw on things and point things out. Um, and then I will send that back to them and give them feedback. So then the next time they sign in, I have them read that feedback and, and well, hopefully put that feedback to use, you know, the teacher's dream world. Um, And it's working pretty good. Plus it allows me to get some of the, the parents at home to, to connect because parents can connect with their parent app. And so a student turns something in, I grade it, parent gets notificated or gets notifications right away that that's happening. And so parents log in, they take a look what their kid has done and It gives them a a, a, you know a little window into the classroom. I don't have enough parents connected, but a few is better than none.
0: Okay, so I mean, so basically, we're using seesaw and a little bit of Shobe in the same same way, the same potential way.
1: Yep, and um, seesaw just added uh, better ways to grade people to grade the students, and that's like one hundred and twenty dollars a year. But it's pretty – I mean, it's kind of like a rubric thing, and it's like one, two, three, or four stars. And so the grading thing's on its way for Seesaw. It's not quite where I'd like to see it at, but it's better than nothing. The kids can do the, – the kids can go back in, like, a practice room, and they can record themselves, so they can turn in their playing test that way.
0: Yeah, and, and I know that, for example, like, also, Shobby has had a portfolio feature for a while that you or a student – can like star a item and it can show up in their portfolio as well, which I think Seesaw was originally an online portfolio concept, I think, was where it came from. Yep. So we're we're using using two tools in a similar way just with different solutions. So it's nice to know that there's multiple options. You know? Yeah, I think
1: is, the moral of the story is that old grade book, you know, a number in the book doesn't cut in it anymore. And I think the other thought here is there's not one tool yet that does it all.
0: And does it does Seesaw cost anything for you?
1: If I want to access the advanced tools for assessment and such, then it's $120 a year.
0: Okay. I think um. I think Showbiz was originally the same deal, but I think educator I don't know, I have to look at the current pricing of Shobi. I'm not even sure what it is right now. Yeah. And we're we're at the point where tomorrow's the end of our trimester. So I've been collecting late work, um, I really do. I make a point to try to grade stuff as soon as I can. In fact, when I have listing assessments, I kind of split it up by grade levels so that I can um, grade everything for a student or for a class before I see them the next time. So I rotate, you know, sixth graders one day, seventh graders one day, eighth graders the next day. And all together that becomes, you know, six days of classes. But by the end of those six days, everybody has their grades and, and it allows me to stay on top because to try to do 400 at once is just, you can't do it.
1: Yeah, that auto correct feature is that's very nice.
0: Yeah, I'm talking like even like audio recordings. So if I have them record themselves to listen to every one of those takes takes a while, you know.
1: Shelby is 180 dollars now a year. It is 180. Yep.
0: Okay. Wow. And I know they have pricing too at the district level, but there's there's sometimes sales, so just keep your eyes open. Probably seesaw has sales too. So. Oh yeah. Yep. All right. What else are right. we going to talk about? Well, I know one thing we want to talk about is again, UberCord has been very kind in sponsoring our podcast this year, and um, they just recently announced on November seventeenth a brand new license, licensing partnership with Universal Music, and they have new versions of their guitar teaching app that are available. So um, basically, they were they were part of the Abbey Road Red Accelerator program in London which was a six-month program at the studio to develop uh, um, new new key partnerships with the music industry. And as a result, now they have access to, for a fee per month, um, a huge amount of popular music and other things thanks to that relationship with Universal Music. So um, people wanting to learn guitar now will have a huge range of other songs and other things that they can... Um, work with. So the new subscription model is only $5 a month and the app itself remains free. UberCord 2.0 which doesn't have a different name it's just they're calling it 2.0 is in the app store right now. So um, it's kind of fun. So that's we want to celebrate with them. So for example they've got um, Coldplay, Metallica, Jack Johnson, you know all these major groups that we typically sing and play in uh, high school choir and band. Not really, but um, actually, although <laughs> right. we did do a, a night full of stars by Coldplay last year in my choirs. I don't know about if you've done any Coldplay with marching band or anything.
1: Nope, not yet.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, kind of fun that that UberCord is you know still doing that. It was founded in 2014, and uh, they're continuing to work on some other neat new features. And at some point, we will have UberCord on with us to visit as well.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right,
0: music, the music app. Well, I was going to say, let's yeah. That's a that's a good reminder, Paul. We can move on now to the second half of this podcast, where uh, we interview Raphael Schumann, who is the CEO of Nuzik. And just not as a warning, but just as a mention, he's French and um, does the entire interview in English with us. Entire hour interview, and it is his. He mentioned it's his first long interview in English, and he was a champ. He did. I mean, he did incredibly well um with english I, I could only hope to do as well in spanish i'd be lost at some point so he handled all of our questions beautifully um didn't have any problem understanding us and was very easy to follow and understand so kind of fun to have our first international interview and i know we'll have others for example with Ubercourt in the future
1: yep it was awesome look forward to it. i'm gonna to listen to it again i know that
0: <laughs> all right we'll take a short break and we'll be back with our interview with music Hello and welcome back to the Technology in Music Education podcast with Chris Russell and Paul Schumanns. And Paul, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hello, good afternoon, everybody. And we're coming to you here at the end of November. And our guest today is Raphael Schumann, who's the CEO of a rather new app called Music. So Raphael, why don't you introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about Music and what it does? Hi, Paul. Hi, Chris. Thank you very much for
2: for interviewing me today uh, about Music. So uh, music as you as you know, and first of all, thank you very much for the great article you wrote uh, about us a couple of months ago it's a it's a universal shit music reader, so it means we as you know it we we have a lot of uh, of kind of application uh, on the market today uh, with historical actors like falsescore or unreal books that you that you interviewed some podcasts ago. Uh, and we, so I initially don't come from the from the field of music. Uh, I am a musician, but uh, I studied business, and I met uh, I met a French guy, a business lawyer. It was three years ago now, and he told about me about uh, a project. He was he uh, was beginning uh, like it was an evening and weekend project uh, outside of his uh, of his work and he was working on a lyrics and chords a reader namely for wedding bands or choirs etc and so uh, i began to be interested in a, in this field and uh, and after uh, after some months i decided uh, just to join him to quit my job and to and to go ahead uh, to to work on a on a complete application to answer the needs of the musicians so we we began interviewing a lot of musicians. So we, 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 we talked to musicians in, the, in all styles, uh, music educators, orchestra members, uh, gigging musicians, wedding bands, etc. And then we recruited a team. So we are very lucky to have, uh, to have this founder that is today the only investor of the company. So he, he invested money to, to recruit the team so we t- today music is uh, is mainly six people so i uh i'm lucky to to lead this company with aurelia azule uh, that is a commercial director of the company and then we have a team of four developers so three of them are full-time and uh, and one guy is a historical uh Historical dev of the team, and he goes on uh, working for us, namely in the field of music XML, because he's a, he's a true expert in this field. So I'm sure we'll be able to talk about this field uh, later. So we, we we just realized that a lot of musicians were using uh, a lot of separate applications uh, in the daily musicians' life. Uh, you had one uh, some apps to work uh, with lyrics, some apps to work with your audio files. Uh, uh, you know, so we, we we wanted to make something that was talking to anyone that was reading music, and to let them work with all the files they want. Because we were kind of frustrated sometimes to sometimes to to open an app, and each time it it it, it would not fitting because. You have lyrics on your computer, in your Dropbox, you have Word documents, you have videos of you gigging, you have YouTube links, Uh, you have PDF, you have Sibelius Finale, Notion Projects, etc. And actually my Dropbox was the only place where I could find and use these files, and it's not optimal at all uh, when you're a musician. So we went to this very ambitious project, and we know that we are only at the very beginning of the story, just to have a tool that let musicians use all the files
0: they want. And when did that app first get released? When did you first introduce that on the App Store? Actually, if we, if we talk about the current music, uh,
2: we had like versions two years and a half, maybe three years ago now, uh, but we never pushed it. Uh, it was only to discover a little bit this universe and, uh, and see how, uh, how we could answer the guidelines, etc. But we, we, we seriously gathered all together two years and a half ago. We released a beta testing app uh, f- for all the 2015 year, and we just launched uh, the music app at the beginning of uh, 2016, like beginning of February.
0: So it's, it's been eight months now. And you just recently had a big app update, didn't you, that added a few more features? actually we try to have uh, very frequent
2: releases because uh, this is the best way i guess to keep uh, your community updated and we we work a lot with like uh, the the major part of our users i will say we we really want them to provide as much feedback as they can and it's been 8 months now that we 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 have a development list and we try to adapt it like every every month to the needs of the market so we we developed a lot of great features I guess uh, in in the past uh, months. I'm very proud to tell that tomorrow will be, will be released uh, a new version. It will be 4.3. So it will be a huge update because we we worked in close collaboration with uh, IMSLP, the Petrucci library. And so we integrated a homemade uh, a homemade tool uh, to look for classical uh, public domain uh, sheet music so you have a uh, a catalog of 400,000 scores now, and there will be uh, f- full access for all the users. So, when you know music, it, it means we have a lot of tools to manage the PDFs. So, you can just in one place find all the classical uh, public domain uh, scores you want and annotate them, uh, run them into playlists, uh, add play- uh, backing tracks to them, uh, etc. And in the in the months to come, we will really invest a lot in uh, in PDF edition, just because we, we have a lot of tools that we need to bring to the to the users. And also in Music XML, that is a huge challenge today. So uh actually we were the first one uh three years ago to begin working on Music XML directly uh on, on iOS. And uh and it's been three years, we, we never stopped, and there is so much to complete. It's, it's, it's a very, very long process, uh, but we are 200% sure that Music XML will be the format of tomorrow in the field of, uh, of music scores because we, we all know uh, all the limitations of PDF. So, to our mind, PDF will be a transition uh, format to bring people from paper to digital. But in the two, three, five years to come, uh, we're sure that music XML will be will become like the norm, because it's flexible, because you can transpose it on the fly, because you can synchronize it with audio or videos, et cetera.
0: Yeah, that's a really important thing to to highlight. There's going to be a number of people that listen to this podcast that don't know what we're talking about when we're talking about music XML files. But um, I've been a huge proponent of them for years. And basically, it's a container that transmits all the data of printed sheet music from one application to another. And it doesn't have to necessarily be notation. It could be a situation like Music, which is a reader and a player. It has a play along function too. And there's a million things you can do. And um, in fact, there's this new app. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it yet, Raphael, called Sheet Music Scanner.
2: Yes, sure.
0: The guy is in Scotland, and he's going to come with us sometime but he's writing this uh, ability to just scan and, and out, output as music uh, XML, and he yet doesn't see the potential for that. and I was trying to talk to one of his representatives and say how important that feature is. It's more important than even the initial scanning and just playing back because once you get into that digital format, there's a million things you can do with it. So it this is a really, really great deal and if anybody else is trying and by the way first of all i should say Raphael is french yes and music is is located in france so if you're under you know if you hear a little bit of an accent there that's that's why <laughs> i'm sorry for that <laughs> no don't be sorry it's wonderful and you can you should be speaking to us in french too so we can subtitle it it'd be wonderful okay. maybe later thanks <laughs>
1: you're in charge of that chris <laughs>
0: are, are you are you in are you in paris is that where you're at by the way.
2: Yes, yeah, we we are based in Paris, but we we actually we we travel a lot, to, namely uh, in exhibitions. And uh, if you want to know more, I can explain after also our models because we we don't only sell the app uh, on the app store. We also have uh, uh, an activity that consists in going directly to orchestras and music school and to to sell not only the application but also a full service with a training, uh, with equi- equipment rentals, etc. So it's like Music Corporate, it's like a, a, a division of the company today, uh, because we are sure that the, in these kind of environments, orchestras, etc., the change needs to come from the outside, because you have huge standards, you, ha- you have norms that comes from the 17th century, actually, and, and, and they never changed it, but they all know that they need to go digital. But we know what music, they won't go uh, buying 120 iPads and, uh, and download an app and read a user guide and watch uh, t- tutorial videos, etc. So So we go there, we spend time with them. Uh, we, we get a lot of feedback too. And so this activity uh, t- today, so we will be in the US uh, in, in the weeks to come, uh, we'll go to Midwest Clinic. Uh, that is a huge convention for orchestras and we're exhibiting at NAM in January. For the, It's the second NAM for our company.
0: Now, when you do these, um, this other side of the company that actually does physical rentals of the equipment to orchestras, does that include a foot pedal page turner as well for those devices? Exactly. So first of all, we, each time we work
2: with the intermediaries because we, we can't mix our activity. There is primarily a, an app developer. With all the warranties issues, uh, iPads that are broken, etc. So we, we work. We have a partners in this field, and uh, and yeah, for for pedal patch turns, we have a close collaboration with AirTurn. So, for instance, uh, we we made in France in September uh, our first uh, first representation with a classical orchestra. It was in Rouen. It's a it's a famous opera there. Uh, here, I mean. And uh, so we had a, a, a whole week of a rehearsal, and then a performance uh, in front of a thousand people. So very stressful because it was the very first proof of evidence of our concept uh, for uh, for the public. And an uh, and provided uh, all the foot pedals for free, just because they were interested in the project and and like us, they believe a lot in this field of uh, they they believe a lot in orchestras. So we, we work with them, but we are compatible with all the foot pedals on the market, actually.
1: Just so I can get an idea of the, of the size of the project that you were doing with that group, how many people did you have using how many different iPads? We had 45 iPads
2: for 65 musicians because all the strings, they have uh, one iPad for two people. So yeah, it was 45 iPads, iPad Pros.
1: And were those, we're, we're, oh, iPad Pros. Yes. All right, yeah, that makes a big difference. Were those all synchronized together, or were they like using them as individual yes. so, iPads, each by their own? So, so maybe I
2: need to make a small introduction on the on the features that we propose that are linked to collaboration. We we mainly propose uh, two of them. The first one, uh, we we call them a collaborative playlists. So it, it, it could be uh it could be defined as a Google Doc of playlists. So I will create a playlist with content inside. And I will share this content with my band or my orchestra. From this moment, we all own exactly the same container. So when someone will make an action on a score, for instance, annotate it, all the persons that read these scores will be directly notified and uh, and know that someone intervened on the score. So I will give you a very simple example. For all the strings, like uh, the violin, one section the head of the section was placing all the bows so when you had paper you you, you saw all the mus- uh, you you saw all the musician with the pen uh, drawing all, all of them the bows so we now we had the head of section writing on the ipad validating and you had all the bows popping up on the screens but only of the of the bows so this is one of the features we propose so collaborative sharing shared annotations So we used it uh, a lot in Rouen, uh, and uh, this experience helped us uh, enhance the annotation uh, for collaborations. So we will have a release on it uh, next month. And the the second feature is called the band mode. Actually, they didn't use it because it's not really for huge uh, classical orchestra, but more for gigging musicians, wedding bands. The the band mode uh, will let you, with with a Wi-Fi network, you, no need of internet access. Just a Wi-Fi network. You connect all the iPads together and it's like a master-slave uh, relation where you have one musician uh, choosing the content and he can display it on the screen uh, of all the users. But we have one particularity in our software. Uh, in one single title, you can have the versions of all the musicians. So let's take an example. If we were a band uh, I will open a title, I will choose my, uh, my part, that is, uh, let's say the guitar part, and you will choose the drum part, and uh, Paul will get uh, the violin part, let's say, and when I will turn my pages, you can choose to follow me, but you can also choose to turn them with a the foot pedal or with your finger. So it's, it's a very open, uh, it's an open feature that you can set up exactly uh, depending on your needs. But we know that this feature will be used for the kind of orchestras uh, I quoted. So wedding bands, uh, gigging, musicians, but also for music education a lot.
1: Right. And when you're using those collaborative features like that, where you're kind of on your own, but you're tied in together, are people using PDFs or is this where we now really tie into the XML? You, you can use
2: Whatever you want either we actually we manage uh, we let the users handle three kinds of display files we have p d f music xML and also lyrics and chords and for the three of them you can make collaboration share your annotation uh mutualize a page turn
0: what is the format of the 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 um lyrics and chords is that just a doc file or or what would that be
2: it's uh it's txt actually so you you, you will be able very soon to bring uh, Doc and docx document into music. For the moment, we ask you to transform it into TXT before, but you can only... We, we have a, a lyrics and chords editor. What you can do is directly paste l- your lyrics into our interface, validate it, and then you have, uh, w- we create automatically a TXT file. Something interesting with this feature, uh, each time you import a TXT file, uh, that is only text, we automatically recognize uh, the chords in it. And automatically recognizing the chords means that you can transpose it uh, directly. So let's imagine you, you have a song uh, that is in a minor, uh, you, you will open it, all your band will, uh, will have access to it, but now you have a new singer and AM is not a good, tone for, uh, a good key for her. So you can just in one click transpose the score and everybody in real time will have the new score that is transposed with
1: the new chords. How do how do you know that it's the chords in that, not just text? Is there special formatting we have to do before we put it in there?
2: Not at all. You can use any TXT files. The only we, we ask the user to respect the the notation of the so the American notation American-based notation, like C D E uh, etc and to write them uh, in separate lines. So you will have one line of chords, one line of text, one line of chord, one line of text, et cetera. But if you have five line uh, of chords, we will uh, handle them. But if you write a chord into one word, for instance, we won't be able to recognize it, but you will get an alert because we see that there is something and uh, you will be able to edit it directly into the app.
1: Yeah, I haven't tried that. That sounds really nifty. Um... There was another app that I was trying to use, and you had to do special formatting and little special codes you had to put in there to let it know that it was a chord and such. So yours is just type it into a word document, copy and paste it in, have the chords above the word lyrics, and it just is automatic. Yeah, they they will be highlighted, and uh, and we have also uh, some
2: features for the, namely for amateur musicians. These chords, you can click on them and you can display uh, the chords, uh, how to play them. You, you can see a fretboard or a keyboard. We give like standard positions of the chords. Uh, it, it can always be useful for students, for instance, if you use it at school.
0: Any any chance of adding ukulele chords to that? Yes, I, I remember <laughs> we, we talked about it in
2: the past. Uh, yeah, we, we we absolutely need to to fill the database with the ukulele chords. Uh, it's an ongoing process, and I promise you we'll have them very, very soon. <laughs> I know you're a ukulele player, and you will like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I have to ask the question, right? Now, I did want to ask this. It's a related topic. Um, would there be any chance in the future of Nuzik incorporating a function kind of like iReal Pro that would add you know, a walking bass or a bass style or based on those chords, a playback feature like that?
2: Yeah, I, I won't be able to give a lot of details, but we, we, we worked on uh, on creating, uh, I would say, MIDI loops uh, with MIDI instruments. Uh, so in a, in a close future, what you will be able to do in music is import a music XML file and choose a style. And this style will play your chords and melody so we're working on something like this and you should expect it for mid 2017.
0: that's a pretty nifty idea that's that's cool
2: but yeah we we actually the only problem i have uh, we have today is uh is always prioritizing uh, because we have a lot of competition around we try to be very close with all of them because i guess this is the key of success in this industry because the market is so huge that we won't people to have all these apps uh, on uh, on the iPad to choose between them, because we like 4score, we, we like Unreal Book, we like uh, Tomplay, uh, like new entrants like that, Black Binder in Spain now is a new entrant. We have a lot of companies uh, working in this field and sometimes we will see uh, a feature that is great. So we'll say, okay, maybe we need to implement it. And we thank them for that. And we know that everybody works this way. And we saw some of our features popping up uh, in the recent months in our Uh, In the other apps, and we are very proud of it.
0: Are there other people in that music? I mean, because what makes music unique is the ability to import a music XML. I mean, the PDF readers, like we talked about, there's a hundred PDF readers. Some that are charged, some that are free. But is there anybody else in that music XML space? I mean, I know there's C Score, which was a real early, and that's I still use that app. Whenever I have a question about a music XML file, whether it's been generated correctly. I open it up in, in C score to see if it in, imports correctly. That's my number one use for that. But do you know of any other music XML programs in that that field? Actually, you
2: you have some of them that use the music XML technology uh, to display their scores, but only the scores they sell. So they have the control uh, of uh, of what they display. Uh, now the Gustav app, they are based in Belgium, uh, they, had, they had a store, uh, a sheet music store in music.xml and now they are letting the users import their own, uh, their own file. Uh, UFC score, uh, you have Notion, but Notion is not exactly, the same, uh, not exactly for the same use, uh, but this is a, a, a great app and uh, I personally use it a lot and, uh, and all the team is, is really fond of, uh, of this app uh black binder I'm not sure but I think they begin to manage music xml2 but we we know how long it is to have uh, a tool that will uh, that will be intuitive first of all and that will be able to to cover all the cases it's it's a very very long process because first of all all the notation softwares evolve a lot so we need to evolve to all of them and now you have even new entrants with Dorico that is just uh, that was just released that is a great software and uh and so we will need to work a lot to be compatible with their export because of course music xML is a is a is a unified norm but you don't have two softwares that will give the same information into the music XML file so for companies like us it, it, it's really difficult but it's a it's a challenging bet and uh, and we have incredible developers that just love what they do and, and we know that uh, this, is a, this is a format of the future. So we try to be active in the in the music XML conference at W3C. Uh, we, we participated in the conference in Frankfurt last year and we are going this year too. so but yes, people begin to to be at ease with this format even if it's only rising. Ninety-nine percent of the musicians never heard about about it, but w- when you tell them, use Sibelius and you can exploit it in Music XML. Now they understand.
1: Yeah, I question even how many music educators have actually actively been using Music XML. But like you said, I think two to five years down the road, it's going to be huge.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it's huge, but uh, as of today, we, we think that we complete a huge, uh, a huge part of the norm. So we, we tried, uh, you can try to import in music uh, files coming from Notion, from Sibelius, from Finale, even from the Notion app. Uh, actually, we, we partnered with uh, with Symphony Pro. Uh, I don't know if you know this app, but uh, uh, these guys are amazing too. And we're sure that the product will uh, will be incredible in the and will evolve a lot in the months to come. Our dream uh, at music, we will never go into music XML edition because it's not our job, and we have you have people doing it uh, very great outside. So we won't go there, but. Our long-term strategy is to partner with a, with a notation software, maybe Symfony Pro, uh, to be able from music to have your score displayed. Uh, you can click, for instance, and go into another app, you can edit it and go back to music with a with a brand new score, uh, but keeping all your settings and, uh, and your transposition, for instance, etc. So yeah, the, 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 this work will be, will be, will be long uh we know that we need to work on on codas on uh, on rep- repetitions because this science evolves a lot uh in technology but today uh, our users uh, seem really involved uh, in helping us uh making uh making it better day after day and i think 2017 will be the year uh where people will begin seriously using this format because technology let them do it now.
0: Rafael, do you get feedback from people on how much people are using music with PDF versus music XML already? Do you know what the percentage is right now?
2: Yeah, the, the, the vast majority of music users today use PDF. Uh, we have maybe between 15 and 20% of the database that used music XML, and between 8 and 10% of them, of the whole users, we use namely music only for music XML. So they are strong users with uh, with hundreds of files. So they we work with a lot of uh, arrangers and composers because they work on their computer, but they travel a lot because they go in a, they go recording. Uh, I don't know in Eastern Europe uh, for film scoring, for instance, and they have all their material in the iPad so he, for for these uh, for these work, for these jobs uh, it can be a very useful format and then all the all the pioneers uh, in technology people like you i mean that 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 want to be uh, that want to be ahead of the curve that want to know everything in advance and uh, and people begin to realize how powerful is this format and how much it can change the way people read music
0: and one of the cool things that music has solved has been something that nobody else has solved yet, which is how to annotate a music XML file um, because you can actually write it. now it does lock you into that key though, right? you can't you can I, I can't remember what the restriction was, whether you couldn't blow up you know you couldn't resize the screen or you couldn't change the key there was a restriction, but you can actually annotate a music XML file through music The, the
2: answer is yes. But there is a bad. So, first of all, uh, in the current App Store version, uh, they are forbidden. But they will come back in the one to come that should arrive tomorrow in, uh, on the App Store. <laughs> uh, so, then, we actually how it works. So, the music XML uh, in music, uh, when you have a score, when you zoom it or when you de zoom it, we will reorganize all the elements. So, it was like a philosophical uh, question to know how we could save the annotation of the users when he decide to resize the score or transposing the score after having annotated it so we proposed two choices to the users the first one is to say first of all you set up your display you choose your key then you annotate and you will keep all the functionalities of the music xml but if he, does, he decides to change it, even after annotating, he can either create a new version of the score, meaning duplicate it and uh, resize it again, etc., and then paste his annotations, or he can choose to, I would say, to transform its music XML into a PDF. So you have a music XML that is flexible, and when you annotate it, you set it. And for instance, when you zoom it, it will be homothetic. It won't be flexible again. But we we have we have a huge improvement uh, on the go. Uh, I'm not able to give you a lot of details now, but let's say in February, in early February, we. We will probably say that we manage annotations and Music XML, but it was a huge fight, and it's been months that we struggled uh, on this uh, topic.
0: And you just added two page turning on the left and right hand side of the screen too, right? That was a new, new feature as well. Because before, it was, a, was it a slide before that it was turning pages?
2: Yes, you, you can already use the slide. So it, it came from the market uh, actually. So a lot of users asked for it. Uh, so we decided to implement it. Uh, we, we did exactly the same. In the weeks to come, you will be able to crop uh, your PDF, you, to reorder the pages, to delete or add new pages, to merge documents, uh, etc. You will also be able to display uh, two pages in landscape mode. This kind of s- small changes and small uh, features, they come from the users because Usually they use several apps, and they found the idea in several apps. For instance, for the double page, we 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 already said that it's not a good idea because it will be too small even on an iPad Pro. Until we discovered that many users use the iPad not as a display but as a controller. They they will they will plug it to a TV or a, or a, a computer screen to have a 30, 40, 50 inches uh, screen and so in in this context we understood that double pages was a must have so we are currently developing it
0: i was also going to ask about the pricing point because there's one version of music that's free and then there's a pro or an upgrade right how does that all work out Our will will
2: uh, is to is to make people try music because all uh, 99% of the app in this field uh, on the market uh, you need to pay them and sometimes a high price before knowing what it's like can be ten dollar between ten and twenty, actually, for all the all the, all the sheet music readers. Uh, so we decided to, to, to let it free, and, but it's uh, it's a bad because given it's free, we are in the in the free apps rankings. So we are in competition with uh, Deezer, Spotify, Apple Music, all the all the tuners, etc. But people can download it for free and use all the features until they reach 30 titles. So we, we want them to use everything that we propose. We want users to bring PDF, music, XML, lyrics. We want them to synchronize these files with audio and videos. We want them to try the collaborative features to connect uh, with iPads of their friends. Uh, we want them to transpose the scores, to annotate them, etc. And if they like it and want to turn music into their daily tool, then we ask a twenty-dollar premium, a one-time payment, and you will have a free access with a f- unlimited storage uh, on our cloud. Because yeah, I, I didn't no- notice it, but we have we have, a, we, have a, we have our own cloud, meaning that you can access your music account from any devices. And this is something that can be very interesting for the for the musicians. So yeah, this is this is actually the business model on the App Store. And then, as I said, we have a second one that is Music Corporate, but it's not the same at all. It's one-to-one contracts with, uh, with institutions.
1: Yeah, that cloud was kind of nifty. I didn't even realize that was a feature until I had to sign in with a different iPad and all my music was sitting there. I didn't have to download it and re-import it and stuff. It was just there. Yeah, because I get that all our users, and, and it's the same for all the application.
2: they spend, not hours, they spend weeks importing their uh, their content into uh, into the device, into their account. And I think if I spend uh, days or weeks importing all my content into music or into an app, and someone steals my iPad or I break it, I don't want to to start from scratch. So we we have our own cloud, and people sh- can share an account, for instance, uh, and and you can use your iPhone. Uh, I don't know when you are in the in your car, you have your iPhone, and you, can, you want to check some, something just before arriving at your rehearsal. And at your rehearsal, you will log into your iPad again and, uh, and recover all your content.
1: Is that, is that the only reason we have to sign, is that the only reason we have to sign into um, music with an account is because it's stored in the files, or are there other benefits we get as well?
2: Actually, yes, yeah, the, the benefits, it's, we, we are the only app to, to let the musicians manage all the files format, so we we didn't find any competitor in which you can manage your PDF but also your music XML and your text document and audio and video files, etc. And we are also, uh, I think, uh, the only one to be that much focused on collaboration because this is music. Music is working with other people. On stage in rehearsal, with your teacher in a classroom at home, you 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 always need to collaborate, to share files, to share annotations, to to share ideas. So I think the the two main benefits of of music are first to be able to manage everything you want, all the files you have on your computer, and the other one is to focus on collaboration with our bend mode, with our shared annotation features, et cetera.
0: I was gonna ask too, just a couple of clarifications. One is when you import a music XML, when you import a PDF, it's just a PDF. You know, you can write on it the same as anything else. But when you import a music XML, it does, music does a couple things. It creates an audio file. What does it all do when it, you import that music XML file? So, so first,
2: actually, yeah, we, we automatically generate a MIDI file from the music XML because we have the information. And something that we will have in the new version that will be released tomorrow is a brand new sound bank, because the old one was really, really old, and we need to bring better sounds to, to the users that use the MIDI, and, and actually, uh, between 15 and 20 percent of the users use MIDI. Today and, and music, so it was very important for us. So, what we do is that we automatically generate the versions, so the parts of all the musicians. So, if you import a full score uh, of five, let's say, of five lines, you, uh, five parts, you will get six versions in your titles the full score versions and the five independent versions of the musicians. So, you just import your music XML, all your musicians will connect to your screen. And they will pick their good version and you will be able to play. So we, we split the versions and we create the we create the MIDI file.
0: So it, it splits up voice or like multiple parts instantly. So if Paul imported a music XML of his band, it would create a actual separate file for each of those parts as well. Exactly. And then he could eventually share that file with, for example, his band, and they could actually play off of that.
2: Yes, he has two ways to share with his band, the first way is to send this title via email so a title in music is a link so you just have to copy the link and to send it via email or you can be connected to the band mode and so you import your music xml uh, we automatically create all the parts and all the musicians in real time can will see the title appearing uh, on their display and they can choose uh what they are playing if you are the, the drum player you will choose a drum part and you will have it on your screen
0: yeah
1: that's awesome
0: i was also going to ask is music available on any other platforms or is it just ios right now
2: for for the moment this is uh, only an ios app uh, we, we would love to go android but we don't have the resources now this is the main reason because the scope of music is huge and if we go to Android, we don't want to have a, a limited app. We want to have the same one with the same features. And uh, as you know, it, it's not a copy paste <laughs> of the code. Uh, it, it's really a huge work. So we, we we know that the vast majority of musicians uh, that have uh, that have tablets, they, they have an iPad actually, uh, more of the majority. We don't have the exact features, but we, we know this is a majority. Uh, So we want to bring the best app on iPad and we know we we still have a lot a lot to do and Once we will have uh, an app that is widely used uh, With the features that we like uh, with no bugs at all, then we will go to Android so it won't be before minimum one year and we'd like also to develop a, a software for laptops namely for all the schools and orchestras because it's easier for them to manage all the accounts from a from a single device and it's always easier with a laptop than a, than the ipad so this is only uh, this is also a work in progress
1: well i'm i'm really interested in this public domain access that you are releasing tomorrow where where is that accessing which website or is it a bunch of them
2: yes it's imslp uh it's 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 called the petrucci library so the 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 it's it's imslp.org uh it's like an organization and they they give free access to tons of uh of public domain sheet music so you have free access but with the free access you have some limitations i guess you need to wait 50 seconds before downloading a score uh, and uh, yeah and that's it actually so we, you will have exactly the same into music so when you when you want to download a PDF from IMSLP either you wait 15 seconds or you can subscribe to the service I don't have the price in mind but it's something like $1 a month I think and it gives you a full access to hundreds of thousands of, of scores but I'd like to talk about content a little bit because we, we have a lot of users that came to music that used uh, the demo files, and they, they brought some content, and they said, "I don't understand. Music is great, but I don't find your content. Where is it?" So in the beginning, we, we built music, uh, I would say a little bit like iTunes was in the beginning. iTunes in the beginning, you brought your own content only. You didn't have any store on it. So you had your MP3 and your movies, etc. And then they came up to the conclusion that they needed to provide the content to keep uh, to keep the user engaged and also uh, to monetize the service. So we, we, we didn't want to go uh, into publishing because it's a nightmare in terms of uh, of rights. But we did. <laughs> but we did. So we we are working now with uh, with the major the major publishers uh we are working uh, on some deals with them and we will uh, we will release uh, early 2017 a uh, um, uh, a digital score store in the which you will be able to buy uh, music xml interactive scores but not only classical music like all the pop music that uh, that everybody uses uh, jazz etc but we we only wait some deals that we are striking now but uh, as you know, it's it's really complicated to find a deal with uh, with publishers that are a little bit afraid of technology. So you need to bring a lot of guarantees to them, and so that's what that's what we try to do.
0: That's really exciting. That's that's a big, that's a big jump for for publishers. So I I wish you the best with that. Thank you, Chris. I know there was like if you remember Chromatic. Yes. You remember Chromatic is, um, they started off as kind of a, a similar kind of approach as music with the collaboration idea and they fell it just the pricing just didn't ever work out so it would cost six dollars for a score on on chromatic that was two dollars at the publisher and that was where that all fell apart and i don't know how come that worked out that way but it just never made sense financially and nobody would ever buy from there so it just it just makes sense they, they went a completely different direction too so <laughs> exactly but i uh, i totally understand
2: why they needed to set it at six euros because the guarantees that are asked by the publishers are are, are terrible uh, but we I, i'm not sure it will be the case for the first version but the model that we that we aim is a subscription model exactly like apple music or spotify our dream is to build a, a platform under which you can find whatever you want might it be music xml pdf lyrics etc and to have a single price that you pay monthly and for the which you have access to everything, but something that you won't be able to share as your own content because we have uh, we have rights to we have rights there are rights uh copyrights actually but we this this is a long way to go and uh, and I hope that two thousand and seventeen we'll see music releasing a subscription model store with a interactive pdf lyrics and chords very diverse content uh, a story in the which everybody can find exactly what he needs to play
0: is there been any talk with uh, maybe working with the choral public domain library or with the pdf band music library t- um... to inter- interact with their libraries as well no,
2: not for the moment this is a good idea we, we are in touch with with a lot of actors uh, in this field and this is such complicated that we we need to focus our attention on three or four major publishers, and if if we manage to strike deals with them, uh, we will have ninety nine percent of the content uh, that exists on Earth. But the, 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 all the scenario, all the, the 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 organization you mentioned could be really interesting in a in in a in a short term, maybe to to give content to the users.
0: And just because those are free resources as well, you know, unlike yes, you know, so just the same, same venue of at least being able to find free stuff, I know what my question was before I couldn't remember apple pencil what what have you guys worked with with the apple pencil for for music
2: so we, we didn't implement for the moment all the features of the Apple pencil, so for the moment we we manage it as a regular pencil, but as a lot of features uh we are working on it and early 2017 also uh we'll see uh, the implementation of all the incredible features of the of the pencil so it it was uh, it's an amazing tool actually i i use it every day uh, not only in music for i don't use paper anymore since the ipad uh, pro came out i take all my notes in meetings with uh, with this pencil and it's 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 incredible just the fact that it recognizes, uh, I don't know, the, the velocity, the, the strengths uh, with which you, you use it. We, 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 have, we are developing great stuff around it. And for annotating scores, this will be a revolution, this pencil. A, a, little, bit, a little bit expensive for the moment, to my mind. But uh, let's, hope it will, let's hope it will decrease.
1: <laughs> Not to get too sidetracked, but you said you're taking notes with that pencil on your iPad Pro. Are you handwriting your notes then? Ah, uh, 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 in music, you mean? No, like in a meeting, you know, like are you handwriting the words instead of typing them?
2: Oh yeah, 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 uh, uh, exactly the words. yes. Yeah. Okay. And I don't convert them. I don't convert them uh, in Word. Or I know there are some software that let you do this, but I. This is so close to paper that I find exactly the same handwriting, of me with paper than with the iPad Pro. So everything then is saved on the cloud and I can find it back on my computer. So uh, actually, I, I really don't use paper anymore.
0: What are you using, by the way? Is that on OneNote that you're using or or what are you using to take notes?
2: Uh, I'm using Evernote a lot, Evernote, uh, and also just the notes uh, application from, uh, from Apple. That is pretty simple, but I guess the best one to take uh, free notes uh, and... Uh, and be able to have them saved directly in your computer, or in your drive, or whatever. I
1: thought maybe I was, I thought maybe I was nuts because I liked handwriting my notes too. <laughs> yes, and, it's uh, So it's, it's 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 good to hear somebody else is doing the same thing.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it was really a revolution because I, we all tried it before with the regular pencils, and you don't have the same experience as paper. You can't use them because you don't find a nice sense writing. But with uh, with the Apple pencil, you yeah, ch- it changed uh, it changed everything for nwriting
1: um i had a question about your cloud too um you know when i when i put all my music in music and um it goes up to you guys as cloud how secure is that how much do i have to worry that somebody can get into that it's a good question
2: actually we we worked with uh, amazon web services so it's one of the biggest company today and uh, we 100% rely on their security so we abide by all their guidelines uh we don't have any data on our users uh, i mean everything is anonymized we don't we don't know the we don't know the passwords we don't know what they have uh in terms of content uh, we just know that uh, like the total number of PDF files Total number of uh, XML files Total number of titles But everything is anonymized And everything is safe Because we worked with AWS They are the reference today uh, in this field So we have uh, no no fears at all
1: So you don't even know the title of the PDF You just know that it's a PDF Exactly Yeah. That's pretty good That's good
2: some some actors would like us to know that in order to to know, for instance, if we have frauds or whatever, but we, we can and we don't want to. We don't right. want to know what uh, users could use music actually just to bring uh, uh, the, the pictures of this family, for instance. I don't want to have access to them. It would be a wrong usage of the app, but you can do that.
0: <laughs> One of the things I like about music that I've seen is, you know, there are a lot of companies that talk about their roadmap and where they're going and, and this will be coming then and this will be coming then and they never follow through but after having watched music since you said it was february that you guys came out originally
1: yes you know yes.
0: watching what how you have grown you're actually living up to your promises that you're making and that's that's a really good thing cuz a lot of companies can't do that or they find out that the timeline can't can't really meet what they're doing but um, i know and certainly i've the feedback i've sent in i know has been heard and uh, acted upon at times so that's really exciting too so it's just just you guys seem to be doing what's right and it and it seems like the app is working and again it's the next generation like i said in that post it's the next generation beyond fourscore and unreal book because music xml is where it's going to be and i think you're 100 percent right with what you're saying there yeah
1: thank you i yeah i am impressed too that with the speed that you guys are doing things um, I remember the first time I tried it, it was eh, all right, but now it's it's quite impressive. Thank you very much. It's really important to to hear all of that because we, we all work really
2: hard on music. I know that some of uh, the competitors uh, could be one or two guys uh, that ever work aside. So I must say we are very lucky uh, to have found a, a founder uh, that is uh, that is today the investor of the company that truly relies on us. And uh, he knows that what we are doing uh, is, uh, is a good way to do. So, yeah, we, we are lucky to be six people uh, full time uh, on this project. Um, and I would say the opposite. I don't know how some competitors can bring such good products. Without, without doing it full time. I, I think about Unreal Book. I, I heard the, the podcast you made with these guys. That is amazing. Unreal Book arrived at the very beginning of the iPad and he goes on releasing updates. And today it's a reference on the market. All the musicians we talk to, they all know Fourscore and Unreal Book. They are the two biggest references in this market. And I just learned through your podcast that Unreal Book is not a company. It's one guy. It's one guy. So it's pre- <laughs> and so it's pretty impressive, but yeah. So but thank you very much for your compliments because I guess the first uh, the first thing that uh, we care of uh, is, uh, is a is customer service. We will always answer uh, the same day uh, to all the users that come to us uh, because uh, because musicians are the people that choose what we should do. They chose it because they are on stage every day, and if they say that on stage they had this bad experience, we had to we have to hear them, and we need to reprioritize uh, depending on what they say if we see that there is a there is a lack of something somewhere so uh, I, I truly uh, I'm very proud of what you say so thank thank you very, very much for that
1: um the people that are working on this, how many of you guys are actually musicians yourself
2: yes we I think it's uh, it was
1: it's the main criteria to work at music
2: because we we do a lot of music together actually so none of us uh, are professional musicians so personally uh, I made a music school uh, when I was a kid when I was a kid like for 15 years uh, my mother is a music teacher my brother is a music teacher so when I decided to go to business uh, they didn't like it that much, so we 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 always come back to to where we come from. So that's why I'm in music now. So yeah, I, I played uh, the trumpet for a while, and now it's been more than ten years that I'm totally fond of guitar and play a lot. Uh, the the CTO made the conservatoire that is uh, the one of the biggest institutions in France is uh, a drummer actually. Uh, the founder is a guitar player. Our CMO she's a singer and she's. She sang in a lot of uh, very nice, uh, very nice setups uh, with groups and uh, and bands. Yeah, we 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 are all musicians. We all uh, know uh, the minimum of uh, of music theory because without it we can't be relevant when we talk to the biggest philharmonic orchestras or biggest conductors. We we need background. And we just uh, we just recruited a girl that will be part time working for us. And I like to mention it because she she will be really important to us. Uh, she's called Netta. Uh, she comes from Israel. Actually, she was the librarian of the Tel Aviv Philharmonic. That is the 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 the, the, the biggest uh, the biggest orchestra in Israel. Because because we knew that we needed to have someone in the team that that didn't interviewed people from orchestra, but that lived all this pressure on orchestra that is linked to paper. So she's the best person to go in all the orchestras in the world, all the schools in the world, and explain uh, what was our job before as a librarian, like to replicate uh, handwriting annotation on uh, on 3000 pages uh, during all the night uh, just before the show. Uh, so the difference between this and what people can do today uh, with digital. So, yeah, we try to have uh, all the, the full range of, uh, of uh, competencies in the team between business and tech guys, professional and amateur musicians. And this way, I guess we are able to talk to any musician.
1: That's cool that you brought her on board because as a music teacher, trying to handle the music library is a huge job. I mean, I've got this pile of music next to my desk, and there's a cabinet out there, and it's hard keeping track of it all. And so I look, you know, I I almost wish I was going to be teaching for 15 more years to see where this would take it. I'm not going to be, though. (laughs) The the
2: best, uh, I mean, the best way to explain uh, where music comes from is to explain what is the logistics of an orchestra in terms of paper because generally people don't know it, but they don't buy the scores, they rent it 90% of the time. So they will rent a score, it means that the librarian, she will receive like tons uh, of paper sheet music because she doesn't have the right to make printings etc. So she will get the versions of all the musicians. Then you have the conductor that will pick up his own version, make some annotation, and she will need to replicate all these annotations on all the scores then the musicians will make their own and in the end of the performance the librarian she need to erase on all the scores all the annotations before sending it back I mean in 2016 this is crazy this is insane but this is how 100% of orchestras work today because they think that paper is the only solution they don't know that digital is possible and can solve these uh, tremendous issues
1: yeah, Chris and I have talked about the fact that it just annoys us that more publishers don't give us even the PDFs. Yes, yes. Uh, the, um,
2: we, we, we need to make the distinction between what is, uh, what is public domain and uh, what is not public domain. For everything that is public domain, uh, the, namely you, you will have a lot of editors, a lot of publishers editing the same piece. So if you find an editor uh, they don't want you to go digital You can find another one, and he will provide it to you. We see that uh, in the last two years, we saw the mentalities evolving a little bit. You have some publishers today that rely on digital, because what did they say before? They said, you know, digital, it's uh, hacking. So if I provide it to you in digital, people can take it and then send it to all the world. But what we try to explain to them, it's exactly the same with paper today. If you give me a piece of paper, I can scan it and I can send it to everybody. So we went a step further. When uh, when an orchestra rent uh, shit music in digital, in music, you can set up like a a lifetime, a time of life, I, I want to say. So let's say, you want to keep it only for a month, after one month, it will disappear. And you can, you, you can say that the environment will be blocked. So when you rent the scores, you can't send them outside of the orchestra. You can't make screenshots, etc., etc. So we try just to give our best proof to them that they should work with companies like ours, but it will take time. So then for everything that is not public domain, it will depend on the editor and sometimes they won't accept and you have no ways except for getting the ipad and use paper but we know that mentalities will evolve necessarily because everything that is public domain actually we could be a publisher we could be a publisher we could have it now that we work with classical orchestra we could be the one stop shop for orchestras we could say they could tell us okay in six months we will play the fifth symphony of beethoven i can open sibelius write again the fifth symphony of, of, uh, of Beethoven and provide it in music XML to them and I have the right to do so. So our message to the publishers is you need to adapt to it, if not you have other companies that will use the technology to, to be compatible with the readers etc and you will lose your position. And we think that they begin to hear the, the message but it's a, it's a long fight
1: yeah it is it's interesting I'm, I'm appreciative that you guys are out there fighting that fight for us because it needs to be addressed and we need to move forward <laughs> yes we we
2: we just explained to them that digital is like a new distribution model it's it's not replacing the old one it's supplementary it's a new one they won't stop selling scores uh in stores in physical stores they'll go on doing this but you have a new interface in the which you can sell your content, and actually we, we don't understand why they refuse it. It's a new new revenue, but yeah, it it, it takes time. But but you know the new generation is coming, and uh, and people are more used to digital, so it it will uh, it will be more and more uh, spread.
0: It's, I was going to ask too with music XML, and we're I mean we're getting close to an hour already. And by the way, we're we're interviewing Paul, and I have just ended teaching a long day of school um and <laughs> <Good> however <luck. laughs> Raphael is is visiting with us from paris where it's now after 10 o'clock at night there well after 10 o'clock at night so uh thank you Raphael, <laughs> for sticking with us this late maybe you'll have to go out and get uh a nice cappuccino or something after this to you know keep...
2: <laughs> yeah i took a cap- i took a coffee right before <laughs> um by, by the way uh... i was gonna ask this
0: too before i ask another question um if you look out your window can you see the eiffel tower or are you too far away from the center of the city no, I don't see Eiffel Tower, but it's not that far. It might be 2 kilometers maybe. Okay. All right. So, I will
2: send you a picture if you want <laughs> after. Yeah, just, just picture of my uh, of my window.
0: Just just bring me over <laughs> there. That's all it requires. Yeah. No, I love I love yeah. Paris. I love the Louvre. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. But anyway, um, So come come and stop by when you come back. Yeah, I definitely will. I just got to figure <laughs> out how hard. to get over there. It's a little cold to swim right now. Um, but oh, with yes, the music XML <laughs> Um, if you is there a way to edit a mu- music XML inside of music like if you wanted to add a tempo change or you want to do something else is there a way to do that inside of music yet or is that coming maybe so uh,
2: everything that is linked directly to notation we we won't go inside meaning if you if if you want to replace uh, a note by another by another one you, you won't be able to do it with music you will need to use a notation software but we are working. Uh, for the tempo you can change it directly in music you can already do it uh, so it will change the display and if you have a midi that is associated with the uh, music xml it will change the tempo of the midi and also something we didn't uh, tell before the midi you can choose Uh, obviously the tracks you want to play, so you can create all the play alongs that you want. If you are the piano player, you just mute the piano. If you are the guitar player, you mute the guitar part and you can play with an accompaniment. But So yeah, you can change the tempo, but you can't edit properly the score. But something we'd like to develop, but this is only something we'd like. Uh, We didn't begin. Uh, We'd like to have something like a, a full update between your notation software on your laptop and all the devices on the which you have the music XML, but it's so. First of all, we we'd need to work uh, directly with the not- notation software. Music XML is not enough, uh, and uh, and yeah, it's, it's a huge huge work. But we have all our time. We know that features will come one after one, uh, but live update will be something uh, we we need to consider. So this way, if we, you need to change anything, a note uh, or whatever, you do it on your computer and you save it and automatically you could have your score edited uh, in your tablet. This would be awesome, but uh, we, nobody can permit it now.
0: No, It's just a great idea for the future. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, we, we hope that we'll be able to develop it.
1: That would be amazing. That's one of the things that's annoying me with the iPad is there's like so many different places my files live, which is part of what you guys are trying to solve. Is yes, use music and limit some of those things. And if we can pull in kind of Dropbox of music, yeah, yeah, uh, Dropbox of music content. Yeah, and if you can, that'd be nice in the future to see that, edit it in like Notion or Symphony Pro, and then it shows up inside of music as well without having to pull a file in or whatever. Yes.
2: We, we'll do our best to, to bring these kind of features in the future.
1: So you have a, a release coming tomorrow. What's the biggest changes?
2: So the biggest change will be IMSLP by far. This is why we decided to go from 4.2 to 4.3. Uh, so we, we expect a lot of, uh, of feedback from the users because this is only the first version with EMSLP inside, uh, and we hope they will like it. And the second biggest change uh, is the sound bank. So now the MIDI will, will be way less automatic and cold. Uh, we worked with a sound designer that redesigned uh, twenty sounds uh, of the of our sound bank, and we will uh, go on now this process uh, because we found an incredible guy uh, that, uh, that that can deliver really amazing sounds so yeah, these are the two biggest changes uh, in the version of tomorrow awesome and also some uh, some. Some small bugs that we that we fixed like on a, on every version, but this is a day to day life on an of an app developer.
0: So we're getting past an hour. We should probably wrap it up. Um, with you know you, you you need to hit the you know hit the sack as we say.
2: Yeah, I'll go to I'll go to sleep very soon. I guess
0: <laughs> a long day at work tomorrow. <laughs> and, and Paul and I have to get home to our families. But um, just um, in in closing. If if you want to tell somebody again in really short why they should be considering music as their solution for, for reading music, how would you summarize that, Raphael?
2: I would summarize saying that we... I guess we made our work to, to talk to all the kinds of musicians on earth. Educators, orchestra members, conductors, gigging musicians, uh, Sunday guitarists, uh, etc. And we gathered... All the requirements in one single application that is music. Uh, You can use PDF, lyrics and chords, audio and video, uh, music XML. Uh, So, so you can bring all the content you need. So, if you, we always define music as an app for all the musicians that read something, because a lot of musicians say, "But I don't read scores. uh, I don't need your app." But you can only use lyrics. You can use. uh, only chords etc, and then because we have uh, we have a full team and namely a support team, so we will always uh, be with the users uh, you have we have a live uh, a live chat on the website, so if you download music and have any questions on how to use it, just write to us and you will get an immediate answer and if you have any ideas uh, to make this app more complete than it is today, we are just listening to all of you
1: and for feedback like that you said go to your website and there's a link on there
2: you when you go to the website you will see a, a live chat uh, on it so the, the website is music.com uh, but from the app uh, you have a, a like suggestion suggestion box uh, so you go in the help section and you will find a line where you can send an email so from the laptop or the iPad, you can write an email and uh, and send uh, direct feedback and, to, and when it comes to the to the customer service.
0: Yeah, I can't tell you how much we appreciate having you today, Raphael, and, and how much fun it's going to be to watch that app in the future.
2: Thank you very much to both of you. And uh, really, it was a great honor to be able to talk with you too, because I, I really enjoyed the past podcasts. And uh, w- we need to say that we are a small company and we are a very young company. So just being uh i don't know being compared to companies like forscore or I know that you received Nost flight not flight for the last podcast we, we are very proud of it and uh we we are very happy to to be able to, to talk about this great project and we hope that there will be a lot of follow ups so if anyone want to ask anything about music, just feel free to write to us and uh, and we'll always answer in the in the better delays and really. Uh, Paul and Chris, it was great just to see that people like you in the US are educators and are totally amazed by this digital world. And again, Taking Music Ed is really a great blog because this is, to me, the only resource that is 100% dedicated to digital shit music, but more generally, uh, digital for education. And digital is rising, and we need people like you that just Help people know about all these uh, these apps, all these softwares, all these new products that is popping up every day and making, we hope, a musician's life a little bit better.
1: Yeah, it's hard to keep track of stuff. And I appreciate you coming on. It's interesting talking to people who are passionate about what they're doing and people who are trying to make our lives as musicians easier. And, uh, you know, we want to get back to making music, not having to sort music. <laughs> sheet music paper music you know so this is good we we, we appreciate you
0: all right rafael so thanks again to rafael schumann for joining us today from music n-e-w-z-i-k and you can check out that app in the app store or check out their website And again, thank you again for listening to the Technology and Music Education Podcast. You can find us at medpodcast.wordpress.com for show notes, or you can email us at medpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. So again, thank you to Rafael for, for being with us, and we'll hope to see you next time.